I care deeply for the people that I serve. I care deeply for our clients. And when I lead with affection, it's just, it's an opportunity to have more authentic conversations, more transparency. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, gear up for another exciting and riveting episode. Today, we're diving into the dynamic world of sales leadership, and we're really excited to have somebody here who's known in the sales community, who I've known, my brother has also known. He's a former president of Span the Chasm, the former VP of sales at Millsoft, and now the current VP of sales at Sight Tracker. And we'll talk a little bit more about all of that stuff later on, but Sight Tracker is a cutting edge and robust project management platform. It's designed for high volume, repeatable and distributed projects. Now, if you're thinking about scaling or need to address core business processes and workplace challenges, then reach out to Randy and his team of Site Tracker because they may be the ideal partner for you. So stay tuned because this conversation is gonna be filled with sales wisdom, leadership insights, and probably a little bit of humor and of course, reality. Without further ado, let's welcome our guest, someone that Dave and I have known. And I would tell you this, there's probably three good sales leaders I would always tell people if you need to work for somebody and you want to not just have a job, but grow in wisdom, knowledge, and have someone who can take you under the wing. There's, there's normally three people I talk about, Andrew Hahn, Scott Lees, and also Randy Remersma. So I want you guys to welcome Randy as he comes on to our podcast today, the Sultan of Sales. Randy, how are you doing today? I'm suddenly got performance anxiety. I was feeling like, oh, calm about five minutes ago, but like top three, wisdom, leadership. I'm not promising wisdom, just authenticity. Randy, this is David. We're so glad to have you here. It just speaks of the impact that you've made, not only in the community, but also in my twin's life. We appreciate you. We appreciate what you're going to share with us. So no expectations, but we expect everything. As we get going here, Randy, can you touch just briefly? I know Dan gave you that introduction at the very beginning, but maybe touch briefly on your own leadership journey, especially transitioning from sales training as a focus to now leading sales in different dynamic environments. I think um, I'd be happy to, right? Leadership is a big topic. Uh, I've been in sales now for roughly 2,000 years and have been in a lot of different leadership roles. So it's kind of hard to talk about any one section. Um, When I talk about this, I sort of break it up into my leadership journey into three three material sections. And I'll just kind of start this and we can dig into it as you want to. I'll go back to the early days. I just opened up an office in Texas for the company I was working at that time, back then telecoms, telecommunications techniques corp, now a fluke corporation, now probably owned by somebody else. Um, But that first 
n number of years um i found myself as a leader trying to turn people into mini-me's right and not taking into account their unique strengths and attributes but trying to make them mine forcing square pegs into round holes did not go we, we made some money but that was a bit of a frustrating uh, process i would say the next meaningful chunk or you know for me for growth the next run era that was good was probably my mid-30s ish um moving away from viewing leadership as self-serving to turning it into other serving right really saying hold this isn't about me this is about the ecosystem the community this kind of applied both to my kind of selling motion and my leadership motion and then i would say the the, the third section which I'm probably uh, the most, I guess, proud of or feel most enlightened or whatever word you want to use is realizing that um, not leading purely from authority, but from affection, right? I mean, my role comes with an element of authority that can be wielded. But um, what I have found at this point in my career is I'd much rather lead from affection, from a deep level of caring for the team that has been entrusted to me. And I say this to my team all the time, you know, upside down org chart, I work from you, what an opportunity to serve. And I mean every single one of those words. I care deeply for the people that I serve. I care deeply for our clients. And when I lead with affection, it's just, it's an opportunity to have more authentic conversations, more transparency. And you guys know this, when you're working in an authentic or transparent environment, you're dealing in truth as your natural currency and you get so much more done. So I'll pause there, right? Sort of making mini-me's, starting to serve other people and leading with affection. I think those are, those would be sort of the three big era chunks that I would talk about. I'd love that. And I, I really appreciate you talking about the upside down pyramid and how you've described yourself more of a servant leadership. And because as you talked about before, you try to make a lot of mini means and you weren't really allowing people to come into their own authentic style. But here you bring up this aspect and I, I want more people in our community, more sales leaders to understand this, this servant leadership model. How has this really shaped your personal thought process? And was it because you started at the branch office in Texas, you start realizing it wasn't working, then over time, you started adding little pieces here and there, then you start realizing, wow, I think this is it. This is the way I need to develop my sales teams. What was it that continued to make you say, yes, this is it, this is it, and this is the best, not only for the organization, but really for the people that I lead? Well, I think my, my first answer, first statement would be, I think the, the term servant leadership is redundant. Leadership, and to me, uh, leadership implies service. So when I say I'm a servant leader, it's really, kind of, I think, is a redundant statement. If it's not redundant for you, then I would say, you know, rewind the tape and maybe try over. Um, I, I think, it, great, you know, Danny, great question. I think I would answer your question by saying, look, if you look through my career as a leader where I was working in a company or you look at my career when I was serving other companies, you know, through Span the Chasm, a consulting organization and either, you know, you add all that up and you're talking dozens and dozens of companies, thousands and thousands of people. Right. It's been a it's been a great run. And I just consider myself extraordinarily blessed. But as I learned, you know, I think especially through the time it Span the Chasm where, you know, the only thing I worried about was human behavior modification, right? If you're a sales leader, you're worried about pipeline generation, you're worried about deal, you know, deal velocity, metrics, dashboards, all this other stuff. 
When I was running Spain the Chasm, the only thing I cared about was human behavior modification, whether it's at a sales rep level, whether it was at a, you know, a leadership development level, no matter what it was. You know, and, and I'm going to say a lot of stuff that everybody that's listening to this podcast already knows, but, you know, sometimes, you know, uh, new truth, old truth, you know, that kind of stuff we need to be reminded of. Nobody likes to be told what to do, right? They like to be led. They like to be led to an outcome that will be beneficial for them. Like, you know, telling you, you have to brush your teeth. You know, I've got kids yelling at them to brush your teeth. Never really worked as, as you know, when they were younger. Right. But when you ask them, Hey, do you want to have beautiful white teeth when you're, when you smile later on in life? They're like, yeah, here's how you get them. Go brush your teeth. Right. I mean, you, you lead towards an outcome that people want. And that's what I found at Span the chasm. Cause when I first, like I, I was a TA in college and, um, you know, and just and an engineer and so fascinated by how things work. And I, you know, wanted to teach people. And, and that was kind of a telling being a TA that was sort of a telling, you know, telling mindset. I brought that into span the chasm early on. I used my experience, you know, years and years of selling experience in this space. And I told people what they should be doing in these workshops. And we weren't getting the engagement. We weren't seeing the behavior modification, but we went to like leading, serving, really bringing in understanding people's goals and leading them that way you know and by the way this is humility 101 right because i want to be on the the pedestal saying hey look at me aren't i great you know do it this way but you know you're you're next you're tying shoes for people right i mean you're on your knees serving these people leading them to a better state and we just saw such such better outcomes right people were like really leaning in more, right? The, the defensiveness came down, the walls were gone, you know, there was the opening. You know when you're having an authentic conversation with somebody, right? They're leaning in with you, you all that kind of stuff. And we found that was starting to happen when we were leading people and serving people. Um, yeah, we did it prescriptively. We laid out some serious blueprints, but we gave people the option to opt in and didn't say you had to do it this way. It's an idea worth considering. And, not, you know, kind of a long answer to your question, but, you know, it was that mindset shift. It probably came out of span the chasm most. And I'll just take care of that for any leadership role I'm in. I'm telling you what, man, I'm at the bottom of the org chart, right? I guarantee it. That works great for my customers. That works great for the people that I lead. And, you know, the rest of the organization that, that I report up into can just, you know, deal with it. We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Are you someone who dreads public speaking? Does the mere thought of getting up in front of a crowd 
make you break out in a cold sweat? Well, fear no further because there's a solution that can help you overcome your fear and master the art of public speaking. Introducing our book, Talk It Up, a guide to successful public speaking. This comprehensive guide is perfect for anyone of any age in any profession if they want to improve the public speaking skills. Whether it's for a work presentation, a conference, a job interview, giving a toast at a wedding, or even a TED Talk. With Talk It Up, you'll learn how to craft and deliver a powerful speech that engages your audience and leaves a lasting impression. You'll discover techniques for controlling your nerves, protecting your idea, projecting your voice, using your body language, all to keep your audience engaged. Plus, you get tips on everything from creating an outline to using visual aids to managing a Q&A session. Imagine being able to speak confidently and being able to captivate your audience. With Talk It Up, you can become a skilled public speaker in no time. And the best part, it's available on Amazon. So you can start reading today and take your first steps to become a confident public speaker. Don't let your fear of public speaking hold you back any longer. Order your copy of Talk It Up today and start speaking with confidence. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. This is David, Randy, and I want to jump in and ask this question because I appreciate your point about how to shift as a leader, your approach to your sales leaders, the people that you're guiding, you're mentoring. And the truth of the matter is in order for a lot of them to find their own style, they have to break through their own stubbornness. They have to break through their own walls and barriers. So what have you seen so far with the teams that you've been leading, the teams that you're managing, and unlocking what I would call that behavioral modification, unlocking that idea of come into your own, learn how to be able to sell through your gift set, your ability to challenge or connect with the prospect or current client base, what have been some of the challenges you've found in order to get that? Because for a lot of us, we are confident. You're not just leading people that have no drive. These guys are driven. They want to do the best. So what have you found in terms of the areas that you've helped to unlock? Maybe any challenges and what successes have you seen so far with that? So an observation and a statement. Yeah, there's confident people out there. But here's one thing I know about every single person listening to this podcast. They've got a base of insecurity. They've got a base of imposter syndrome, and they're afraid that someone's going to see it. Therefore, what do we do? We don't try new things. We keep doing what we know works. We live inside that comfort zone and, you know, kind of roll with that. Now, that's not everybody, right? Some people have a growth mindset. They're willing to take some risk, et cetera. But a lot of people, again, behavior modification span the chasm. I saw a lot of fear. I saw a lot of insecurity, right? That's what's kind of holding people back, right? So my approach is, Run, into, run to the fire, right? Hey, look, I get this might feel scary. I don't want someone to have to say, hey, this feels scary. I just say it right away. I get that this might feel scary. This might activate everything, including childhood trauma. I get it. And that's okay. I'm going to hold your hand through this process, right? It's going to be you and me. We're going to go through this thing. So that's that's an observation, right? There are people, there are, people are insecure. They're afraid. Trying something new. Not everybody has a growth mindset. If you haven't read 
Growth Mindset by Carol Dweck for all your listeners. Dynamite book, worth the weekend read. It's awesome. It's awesome, awesome, awesome. So that's my observation. The next one's a statement. So there's a phrase I like to use with my teams all the time because everybody thinks things are good and bad. Like, I don't want to try something new because I'm bad at this or whatever. On my team, simple man, try to use quotes, things like that to, to keep it simple. Phrase I say all the time, things are neither good nor bad. They're merely true, right? I'm a bad prospector. No, what's true is your prospecting competency is not where you want it to be. You're not good. You're not bad. What's bad is staying where you are, right? That's bad, right? Not making the investment, letting people advance. You know, I, I'm no good at using AI like, you know, chat GPT, whatever. No, what's true is you are not yet comfortable using that in a creative way. What's bad is staying here. What's good is saying, hey, look, this is not a competency of mine, but if I watch these three videos, if I follow X, Y, and Z on LinkedIn, I go to ChatGPT and I ask a few simple questions to sort of understand how it works. So I think if we tell people authentically in an environment that it's safe, right? You got to have emotional safety, right? So if someone tells me something, I'm like, things are neither bad nor good. They're just simply true. And then they tell me something and I start beating them for it. Then that's kind of blows it. But the idea that things aren't good or bad, they're merely true. When you embrace that, I think it becomes instantly liberating. I'm not a bad prospector. I'm just not as good as I want to be. And I can do something about that. If I am, that's a statement of who I am. I am a bad prospector. You will stay a bad prospector. My skills aren't where they want to be, but I'm going to do something about that. Talk to this guy. Talk to that gal. You will become a better prospector. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely, Randy. And I appreciate you bringing that up. There's a, there's a statement that I've been hearing a lot through my mentorship circles. And no one tells you more negative things, non-positive things. No one degrades you more than you do yourself. By mm. switching the framing, how you say it, gives you the ability to improve and to grow. There's another thing that was showed that showed up that if you spend 15 minutes a day, just 15 minutes a day, over a course of just one year working on one craft, you will have more competency and be better than 90% of the people around the globe on oh, that easily. one thing. And yeah. so I can say that if I was in your team, I will be inspired because I would come to you. I may have a negative defeated mindset. And by just flipping the switch to rephrase the way I think, I now have the belief that I can be successful. And that is powerful. And I want to tell people listening today, what you're hearing is something that you personally can change. And by changing that one mindset, you will actually have a very successful 2024. But if you live in the wallow that you're in, then every day the muscle gets stronger of why you can't move, why you can't change, why you can't do anything, and you'll stay in the wallow. So take that one chance, step forward, just change the way you say things, that frame, and you'll see how big 2024 can be for you. Now, Randy, I want to take that same momentum, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that hearing what you say, that there, your sales team has, has taken this, have applied this, and is the reason why I think that you start to see that success. And when I say success is that even on your own website, the first thing you see is you can actually apply for a demo. It inspired me. Say, so if you want to save 31%, close projects faster 31%, sign up here. I'm already inspired before I even talk to your team. So if I'm talking to your team, I'm sure 
that you are helping them to stay ahead of the curve because one, they're going into the conversation with a, a positive mindset, not a negative mindset, like, man, I'm getting another demo. No one's going to close. So when they get that lead from that website, from people actually filling out the demo, what are you coaching them for their mindset to be before they even start the demo with those clients? I think so. So a couple of things we try to do, and I, I, I will give you an answer, which either will or will not answer your question, right? But um, one of the things I don't like to do is when I'm when we're starting an engagement, I don't want to have a destination mindset. Like, I am going to take this person to this area because that, that, that feels forced. Whereas, you know, I believe the best salespeople on the planet are hyper curious. They're hyper curious. They want to know everything about everything to the point of, you know, and I got I got some names going through my head right now, but we're not going to see them here in the podcast. Great salespeople that are curious to the point of being obnoxious, right? So we get on the phone with someone. If I'm destination based, like I'm going to sell you something. And, and I've already got a pre-configured mindset based on the web form. This is what they need. That is such a restricted conversation. But if I can get the conversation to be more curiosity-based, more open-minded, more open space, there's, there's a, you know, there's there's a fun book I read back in college. It was actually transformed things. It was uh, Finite and Infinite Games by a guy named uh, James Carse, I think it was. Tiny book, but it's, you know, just like broaden your mind. Like, don't don't try to get to the answer so fast. How do we do that though? You've got to be able to like bring bring a things that we talk about is bring a consultant's mindset, not a salesperson's mindset, right? You gotta you gotta think, right? What do consultants do, right? They get accused of not doing any work, but they do a great job of asking questions, asking questions, having a provocative point of view, and you know, expanding the conversation to be more holistic before they start to zoom it in, right? So broaden it before you start to zoom it in. And the other thing that we really try to, to work on, and this is a new skill for the team, we work on value pyramids with our clients. And we want to understand from a value pyramid standpoint, like starting at the top of the client, what are their corporate strategies? What are they trying to do? All right, then what are their business strategies below that, right? Okay, then what are the business initiatives underneath that? And then what are going to be some challenges to those business initiatives? How are they going to measure? How are they going to know they're winning or losing? Right? Those top five layers are all about the client. The bottom layer is about us. How are we going to help? Right? So how do we really take an alignment mindset and even coaching the prospect that we have on the phone back to the corporate initiatives? Then you're solving things that really matter to the company and you're giving vision to your prospect to how they make sense in the bigger picture. No one's upset with that, right? And, and we haven't sold anything. We're just talking about your company and your role in it so that we really try to slow it down ultimately to speed it up. If you do these things really well at the front end, you show up with a consultant's mindset, you're extraordinarily curious, you're, you're making sure that everything you're talking about is aligning back to a corporate strategy, those kinds of things the whole tone of the conversation changes and therefore your engagement becomes a conversation, not a sales pitch. This is Danny again. And I really appreciate you talking about it becomes a conversation. And that's really what it is. When you're having a conversation with somebody, you're building that rapport, you're closing that gap of a lack of trust. If you're at site tracker and you fill out a demo and Randy's team talks to you, they're going to actually have a conversation with you. And I'm going to encourage people get better at asking questions this year. Just get better asking questions. How do I practice this, Danny? What do I need to do? Do it at home with your kids. Do it at home with your spouse. Do it at home with your partner. Get better asking questions that make 
the person who hears your question leans in and say, tell me more. And a way you could do that is think about this value pyramid that Randy brought up that he uses with his team at Site Tracker, which is the upside down value pyramid where the first five layers are about the client. And that's the key. It's about the client. Remember, every time you have a conversation, it is not about you. It's about the client. And when you're having a conversation about the client, they're going to want to give you more information. How do I know this? Go to anybody, any networking event. It doesn't matter where it is. And then when they say, when they, when they say, what do you do? Ask them about it. Well, what do you mean by that? How did you get into this field? What was it about it? Guess what? Almost everybody loves talking about themselves. They take pride in who they are. They take pride in the role that they have. They take pride in the title that they have. And if they're the gatekeeper in the company, they take pride in not letting you get to the real decision makers. So value that person, ask better questions. And I guarantee that you're going to be able to have much more success. And this comes from Randy when he was a trainer as well, right? So if you're going to go and online and you're going to fill out forms to get into a demo, take the best practice you can from Randy's team at Site Tracker that they're going to ask great questions. They're going to build that rapport and they're going to focus on the client with the top down, upside down parent where the top five layers are about the client and the bottom is about Site Tracker. So great insights, Randy. Okay, so I want to pause on that for just a second. You said something super wise maybe 10 minutes ago. If you spend 15 minutes a day for a year, you'd be ninja at whatever that was, right? Okay, so I ask bad questions. No, no, no. You're not as good at asking questions as you want to be. What can I do about that? Here's what I know about like ChatGPT and some of these other AI platforms. If you put in a title, chief marketing officer, chief networking network officer, whatever, and ask, what are the top 10 things that they are challenged by? You will get a great list of things. Every one of those things now becomes an open-ended question, right? Um, retaining good talent. Like in, in the IT space, how do you retain good talent? All right, that's one of the top things in the industry, in the IT space. So super simple, you now have content for a great question. Hey, what's your strategy on hanging on to your best talent? I know it's a problem in the industry. Or, you know, um, they worry about technical debt, right? They, they buy all these platforms. Are they future-proof, not future-proof? We sell software that we think is pretty damn special, built on the greatest platform on the planet, Salesforce. It's effectively a future-proof platform. There's tons of legacy software that just builds up this technical debt. You know every IT person is going to be that. Hey, what's your strategy to unburden yourself from all this technical debt that's preventing you from reaching the long-term goals, one, two, three, that came out of the value pyramid about the company? So you can practice 15 minutes a day, either on your own, do the research, ask some stuff, build up a handful of questions for each one, and then practice with your boss, practice with your buddy, practice with your SDR, whatever, and then 15 minutes a day, you do this, you will have a master list of competency around questions for each of the personas in your ICP. All because you listened to Danny and spent 15 minutes a day working on this and said, I'm going to be a freaking ninja. At whatever thing that you're labeling yourself at bad at, you're not bad. You're just not as good as you want to be. There's ways to get better. Listen to Danny, spend 15 minutes a day. Because Danny... And David are two smart dudes. You ought to listen to them. It's it's so, <laughs> yeah. here's what I know. Things are hard, but they're not comp in, in the sales world, things are hard, but they're not complicated. They're not. The same thing, getting better at a skill. It's not hard. 
It's not complicated. It's just hard, right? How am I going to spend 15 minutes a day? Where am I going to find that? How do I keep up the staying power? Then I would suggest you read Atomic Habits by, I think it's James Clear. It helps you. And the thing he talks about is each, each positive thing you do, you're casting a vote for who you want to become. And if you focus on who we want to become, that becomes a magnet for us, right? So there we go. We got three book references so far. We got finite and infinite games. We got growth mindset. We got atomic habits. I guarantee we'll get a couple more before we're done. Oh, those are awesome books. This is David and Randy. I'm having a blast. And I'll tell you, Dan was probably thrilled that you were saying, listen to Danny. And he said he, he could probably be saying in the back of his mind. I've been telling my twin to do that in our entire lives. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Not but, that your brothers are competitive at all. <laughs> we are. But to your point, though, there's some incredible wisdom that's there when you ask the right questions and you really set the framework for allowing curiosity to become a superpower. And the more you ask questions, the more that ownership becomes transferred in a way to that client, to that sales leader, and they take ownership. And that's what coaching does. And that's what I love about coaching. But the thing about sales that I think I, I've, I've really gained a great appreciation for, Randy, and recently hearing it through leaders like yourself, is that even the clients or prospects themselves, when they understand that you're asking the right questions, they see themselves in that position where they're taking ownership and they're going to sell themselves on what you're trying to provide because they know what they need. And that's where curiosity comes in. And so with that in mind, we're talking about AI, we're talking about machine learning, we're talking about automation. I, I've got to ask you, what are some strategies or what are some ways you've looked at blending the two with your sales leadership and sales training on your teams? Those tools, when leveraged in the right way, can actually help accelerate the success for the leaders that you're training and coaching. Sure. I mean, we talked a little bit about it, like, you know, you, you, using these AI platforms, you can put in anybody's title and find out what they care about, what their biggest strategy, you know, there's a lot of ton of great information in that. I, I used to, you know, I've worked for an automation company, worked for integration companies. Um, you know, you got to be careful with automation because automation can help you do the wrong thing very fast and broad scale. Right. And I know one of the things, you know, in, in my role at Site Tracker, I guess people out there in the world think that I buy software. And I say that because I don't know how many emails I get a day. You know, I get 20 emails a day. I get 30 LinkedIn hits, whatever. Somebody wanting to sell me something. And I tell you what, no matter what tool you're using, I would say have the tool inform your individual approach, your personalized approach. Because if you have shown me that you have truly personalized this, like I did a post on LinkedIn a while back about, you know, Hey, I'm, tra you know, I'm traveling, but I'm, you know, man, I'm at the 445 in the morning. I'm at the gym, right? Months later, some sales rep, you know, called, you know, sends me an email or LinkedIn. I can't remember what it was, but referred to that, you know, while really appreciate your consistency and your commitment to that gym at 445 in the morning, created a bridge. Here's how we apply a similar concept where we are created bridge and guys and gals like you create, get this outcome. It was clearly personalized. He may, I don't know if it was, you know, he may have had AI generate, you know, okay, Randy's a good contact for you, et cetera, but you still got to personalize it. I tell you, anybody that may, anybody that spends meaningful money does not want an automated message, right? People that are spending 20 bucks, send them automation messages all the time, right? You know, if you're selling 100,000, 200,000, 500,000 platform, it's got to be personalized, man. I'm telling you.
I'm not the only one that's kind of that, that gets kind of fired up about that. So these tools can be extraordinarily helpful helpful for building a base of information, building a base of you know uh, content for you. But I think you got to be really smart about how you use it because I'm you know I'm telling you, automation done wrong, you do a whole lot of bad fast. Randy, I'm going to jump in again before Dan does because I know he's going to ask you a question. I, I want to do a follow up here because. You talk about some of the values that we might not necessarily look for in a typical salesperson, but they're really the values that we need to highlight and praise and in some ways support. And if you nurture in the right way, I think they become rock stars. Then they get that sense of we want to stay here. We want to grow here and be with you. You touched on something, something that was um, interesting when you say the idea of emotion you have heard you in a different conversation talking about developing an emotional plan. We heard of playbooks. We don't want people to be robotic. We want them to personalize. We want them to do their research. We want them to understand the, the mindset of the buyer. But how do you infuse this sense of emotion or at least leveraging emotion into uh, a, a developing a right plan for that prospect, your client? Yeah, I mean, emotion matters, right? I can't remember who whose quote this is, but it's not mine. So I'm, getting, I'm giving attribute to... Somewhere in the universe, not me. But um, we make emotional in, uh, decisions and we back them up with intellectual alibis. There's an excellent book called uh, Influence is Your, I think it's Influence is Your Superpower by Zoe Chan. She's a professor up at Yale, I think. I can see it on my shelf. And if I could read better, I'd be able to. I think it's Influence is Your Superpower by Zoe Chan. And she talks about the gator and the judge, and I won't go all into it, but this is, gator is your limbic mind that really is making all these decisions for you. The judge is your, your prefrontal cortex, your executive function, and it feels like it's leading everything, but it's extraordinarily informed by your limbic process. You know, and um, that's all driven by emotion, right? You know, fear, desire to reproduce, need for food, <laughs> Those that it's it's driving all that stuff. So emotions matter in the selling process. So with that as sort of a preamble, I think there are six emotions that we need to curate as we go through our sales process. Three of them are around the perspective prospects view of themselves, and three of them are around the prospects view of you. First one I want with um, with with regard to the prospects view about themselves, we'll kind of go through that. Number one, I want them to feel fear or some sort of pain or something like that. Here's what I know in selling uh, software for a whole long time. Someone might think you have a good idea, but if they don't have perceived pain, they're not going to make a meaningful move, right? We have to show them, we have to as salespeople hold up a mirror, help them see that what they're doing today is not okay. There's a better way to do that. They may not be aware of that. Got it. Oh my, oh my gosh. I'm in pain and I didn't even know it. Emotion number one, pain or fear. Emotion number two then, hope, right? The second emotion I want with our client is, and this is after they talk with you for a bit, is hope, right? I'm in this bad spot, but this guy or gal knows something, some hope, right? Then confidence. At the end of all that stuff, I am confident that this, per I feel confident as a client that this person's going to be able to get me across the line because I have also seen this too. You get a deal to the five yard line, it's no longer about your product, no longer about cost, it's risk. Is this thing going to blow up in my face? Am I going to lose my job over this decision? You know, the software we sell, thank goodness it's the best on the planet because people change us out, you know, other, other software out for hours that are running their business on this. It doesn't go well. Jobs are lost. All right. So now, now what about how do they feel about me? First off, I want them to feel kind of curious. Hey, 
who is this cat, right? Are they a person of interest? Then, then I want them to want, you know, ownership. I want them to want what I want, what I, you know, Hey, this guy knows some stuff. He, he knows things that I want. I want ownership of those things. I want to learn from him. Right. And then there's a sense of like desire. I want to get it now urgency. Right. So I have confidence and urgency coming together at the end. If you have those two things, I want what they have now. Why buy, you know, we try to answer a bunch of questions. Why buy? That's the pain. Why buy site tracker? That's the hope. Why buy site tracker now? That's the confidence and the desire coming together. So those six emotions, when you have a strategy to play those out, and I hate to say this, these are tools that you can use inside your prospect's brain without them even knowing it. I don't know. That seems pretty cool to me. But I mean, oh, but I'm that is, easily that impressed. That is cool. That is cool. I mean, the first thing I'm going to tell our audience is that, as you can tell, Randy's an avid reader, loves reading. And, and Andy, Randy, if you don't have a, a copy of our book, I will personally send you a copy of our book as well, because I can't wait till the day when you start talking to your team and, and talking to other leaders. And then my name comes out first before David's name when you mention our book. <laughs> but I, I think the three challenges you mentioned, which is really great, and I appreciate you bringing up um, the book earlier, because you had said that when a client comes in, and this is this is irregardless anybody you work with and you talk to if you're doing a proper storytelling and you're doing a proper job, you know the client and prospect coming in, your ideal client is coming in, they need to fear, uh, have some type of fear or pain. There's a reason why they did a lot of research on their own, why they did a Google or a Bing search or they talked to their peer group or their networking group and they and, and everything they see on the first page of search, search and page, second page of the search or what people have said is, hey, you need to go to Site Tracker, for example. Right, we're just not getting our projects done in time. We're losing out on big contracts. When we have a contract, we're overpaying our vendors. We're overpaying our contractors. How can we save money? And maybe ten people are saying, "Look, you're going to miss your budget. You're going to lose revenue. You need to solve that problem now." So they're doing their own research, which is fantastic. Today in this age, a lot of your clients and your ideal prospects probably found you before you found them. There, so they have a little bit of fear. Then. When they're talking to you and you're putting them through this journey where they can visualize themselves saving money, closing projects faster, not having to pay overtime, not having to pay extra hours to contractors, now you're giving them the hope. And as Randy said, something so key, there are so many reasons why I was personally losing deals in the past. It was because I was a small player. People were like, I don't know you. I like everything you said, but are you able to really get me through the line? My reputation is on the line if I bring you in and rip and replace our current solution. How can I know that you personally will help me? It's that hope. And that's that confidence that it, that needs to be given to the client. That if I choose Randy or if I choose Site Tracker or I choose any of his past companies, MuleSaw, Pass Academy, anything, that I know Randy personally will hold my hand Give me through the finish line. Give me the things I need to do to take it back to my organization so it looks like as if I'm the person inspiring this. And I call that three phases. The, the, the fear that they have, the pain point, the hope that they're going to get by working with you, and the confidence they're going to receive by going with you, inspiring your buyers. I call you, you put all that together, it's inspiring your, your buyers. And that's so key. And we talked about what your prospects go through when they go to site tracker and they do the demo and a lot of the prospects before they come to you, which is what we really appreciate today. We talk about the age of information where people are going to go online. They're going to find things. So when you're in pain, 
How many times do people just go and do a search? Hey, do I have cancer or do I have this or what's going to happen here? Or do you're doing all this research because you have this fear, you have this pain. And then you call your friends, you call your family members to solve the problems. Well, the same thing your prospect is doing. They're probably in their peer group or they're probably with other people, other conferences. Maybe it's a HIMSS conference because they're in healthcare, whatever it may be. They're actually talking to other people about the issues they're going through. And they're asking questions. They're going online. They're doing a search. And they found you. And now that they found you, they want you to give them hope. That, hey, can you solve my problem? I'm in the manufacturing industry. We got to roll out a new uh, uh, plant in Austin, Texas, because we're Tesla, for example, whatever it may be. And we know that parts, delivery, infrastructure, people, it's all money. And we want, we have a great quarterly announcement come out. Elon's going to talk about our profits and everything else. So, Randy, can Site Tracker help me as operations manager save money? And so they're coming to you with a little fear, a little pain point. They want to receive that hope. And when they get that hope, they're now going to want to have the confidence. Can you take me through the finish line? Look, if I don't do this right, Elon's going to put me on a Zoom call and fire me. So you want to make sure that they do it right, but you give them the confidence to do it. Now that you talked about all that, and I think it's phenomenal, our audience may want to know another question. So I want to bring up this, this challenge for you. If you had to distill your leadership philosophy into just a few key principles that we can just take, grab, and run with, what would that be, Randy? Well, so I was at the dinner with a client the other night, and the name is Shane. I'll leave the name of the company out just for professional propriety. And uh, they were stuck in a project, and it wasn't going well, and they finally were able to turn it around. And, and the guy's answer is absolutely what I would say a key leadership principle for me. I said, you know, hey, what was one of the keys to you guys being able to turn this around? He goes, humility. We stopped pretending like we knew all the answers and we started asking better questions of other people and we got much better outcomes, right? Is that easy to do in a professional environment where we all want to look like the big cheese? No, but I think humility is a wonderful thing, right? And that allows when it's authentic and people feel that, again, it just brings the pressure down the room. It brings the pressure down the room. So I think for me, you know, I just am extraordinarily grateful. I tell my people this all the time. Um, probably should say it more. I'm extraordinarily grateful for the opportunity to serve the team that I get to serve. Do I always know the answer? No. <laughs> more often than not, I, you know, I may not have the best answer, but I'm going to show up authentically. I'm going to show up with transparency. I'm going to show up with humility and bring whatever scar tissue, whatever I've built up over the years to the table to bring my best, to give us an, able to, an ability to look at this true moment in time and improve our position on that. So I think if you get a leadership, a leader, you know, for me, a key leadership principle has got to be humility, right? Because I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but people that are on the other side of that, to me, that's fatiguing, right? That's That's hard for me to stay around. So I would say a key leadership principle for me is humility. I want to, can I rewind the tape a little bit though? Cause you're talking about the web form. All right. So you're talking about the web form. Somebody's like talking around, blah, blah, blah. I want to make this point. Cause I think it's, it's a, it's a, it's a killer skill if you do it well. So, you know, Danny or David, you guys have a problem and you're looking for, and you talk to 10 friends and they mentioned something, you've done some research and you got this kind of this thing and company, you know, Ac Acme Inc is going to be the company that you call. So you call Acme Inc and you say, I've got this problem. Can you solve it? The worst thing I believe Acme Inc. can do at that moment in time is say yes. 
I hear, Danny, David, that you have this problem. Well, let's get into that because we can address that. But here's what we've also found. If you have this problem, you have these three other problems. Are those relevant as well? Got to expand the pain. Because the problem is when you realize what your pain is, you've already emotionally kind of salved it down. It's not as acute anymore. Your prefrontal cortex is now taken over and you're in like thinky brain and you're not an emotional brain anymore. But when I say, hey, you normally have problem A, well, people with problem A tend to have B, C, and D, right? Hey, I haven't, I haven't planned for my future yet. I need, to, I need to work on opening a retirement account. That's great. How are you financing your auto? Are you struggling to also do something else, right? Take a more holistic approach. You know, people that are struggling with their with their retirement accounts are often, you know, short on having your six-month strategy or you're like buried in credit card debt. Let's expand that. And they're like, holy shit, yeah, I'm carrying 20K in my, on my Bank of America card. And, you know, I'm two months behind my car payment. And, you know, all that's expand the pain. There's two reasons I want to do that. Number one, I want the pain to be more real in the moment in time. Not in, I, I want it in the back in the limbic part. I don't want it up in the prefrontal cortex. Number one, I want to reignite some pain. Number two, and this I believe is absolutely true. So please pay attention to this. If I expose a problem to you that you weren't thinking of or weren't aware of, you automatically think that I can solve the problem. And you do nothing but increase your credit at that moment in time. And what do we want in the beginning? Again, curiosity, confidence in you. The best way you can do that is to show up as someone that's thinking bigger than they are. Because if I am thinking equal to or less than what you are, I'm nothing more than, a, than an asset, a commodity to you. But if I expand that, then that's value creation. So I just, I couldn't not go, sorry, no, sorry, Dan, I didn't want to rewind the table on that, but I couldn't go past that because people are coming to you, you know, the, they, you know whatever the statistics are, they're 40%, whatever, they're 67%, whatever. Yeah, they are, but only around an idea. They are 67% researched around an idea. They're often 0% researched around the more holistic thing. And if we can open up the holistic thing, we get fresh pain and we get a huge amount of credibility. That is something I can actually sit down on a plane with you and we can sit next to each other. And we, we'll, I'm, I'm telling you, we would enjoy this. I'll bring my top five books. You bring your books and we can sit down. Man, we can go back and we can build this into a motivational seminar just for sales reps. This is phenomenal. And I really appreciate that. I think, when we think about the fact that today, more than ever before, that we have the ability to impact a lot of lives. And it's yeah. not just about solving their problems with, with the right solution. It's sometimes giving them your ear. And what I mean by that, it, we're so quick to sell that we don't listen enough. We're so quick to sell that we don't understand that when you listen, you actually can pick up some clues that when you ask another question, they may not even realize, as Randy said, this was another problem that we have. This was another pain point. And by doing that, one, you're bringing them in closer to you. Now they're turning their ear sideways and say, tell me more. Now they're doing what my dog would do, what David's dog would do. When they hear the word bacon or they hear the word park or they hear, <laughs> they're, they're like turning their head back and forth. Like, what did you just say? Tell me again. You have their attention and you have their trust. And now they're saying, Take me on this journey a little bit more. Show me a little bit more about them. They might even ask you for more questions. They might say, hey, hold up. Before we move on, can, let's talk about this a little bit more. And that's what you want. That's a conversational piece. And I think that's phenomenal. And we want to encourage everybody today, when you read a book, when you get some insight, when you're talking to your sales team, whatever it may be, ask, you this, ask yourself this question. How can I apply this right now? Because if you don't apply it now, 
I guarantee you, you're going to hear it again in the future, and someone's going to, and someone's going to tell you some great words, and you're going to tell yourself, why didn't I apply that last week? Why didn't I apply that before? So apply it right now. Do not wait, because if you wait, you're not going to apply it. Just apply it right now and just see how big of a difference it would make. Remember what Danny told you. Try it for 15 minutes a day. That's it. Try it for a week. Try it for a month. Be a ninja at the end of the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Randy, this is this is interesting. Uh, I, I'll say this. I love how you're willing. You talked about this aspect of humility. Even in our short conversation here, you're so willing to be able to say, listen to what Dan said. And you quote a book after book after book to encourage our listeners to say, look, you got to invest in yourself. There are some incredible resources out there to learn from. Go pick it up, read it, use it, enhance your ability to lead other leaders Give your sales leaders the tools they need to be successful. This is what you're doing. I, I want to ask in terms of your own growth, any other resources that you found to be of value for you in your own journey? Maybe there's more books out there. Are there any podcasts you're doing? And then, and then I want to jump into asking you this. Besides what you're doing to supplement your own growth in Curiosity, Randy, what about the world of podcasting? You had your own program at one time. I, I'm just curious to wonder if you're going to ever pick up the uncommon self success podcast again or are you going to dabble back in the world of podcasting so what do you do to, to fuel your growth and are you going back in the world of podcasting we'll be right back after this short break are you projecting the right image to your market are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a spectacular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Are you tired of struggling to keep your team motivated and engaged? Do you wish there was an easier way to develop your employees' skills and build a high-performing team? Well, look no further than Mercury Learning Library and Coaching. If you're a tech company that values happy, high-performing teams and leaders, Mercury is the solution you've been looking for. They all have access to online training, bi-weekly group coaching to power up your employees, their skills, their leadership skills, their sales, and public speaking. And for CEOs and business owners, we have an offer exclusive just for you. It is a training track to help you lead your company to success. Here's the thing. Your employees want to grow and develop. They want to be motivated and engaged at work, but it's not always easy to know where to start. That's where Mercury comes in. We provide specific development tracks for managers, employees, and HR leaders to help them achieve their goals and reach their full potential. Hey everybody, I'm Christina and I'm a brand and image strategist where we consult you on how you're coming across, how your total brand, um, social media, the way you speak, the way you look, the way uh, your website looks, and it's all important in encompassing especially effective communication. So I have a book that I'd like to recommend. This book called, called Talk It Up by David and Danny Sue Brown does exactly that. It goes step-by-step step and it tells you exactly what you need to know. It is very easy to follow. It will boost your confidence. It will help you communicate effectively to your audience. 
Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Two very intriguing questions. Um, one of which I know the answer, one of which I don't. You know, Wayne Gretzky always said, don't skate to where the puck is, skate to where the puck is going to be. Or, you know, some of those, those kind of phrases. When to fuel my growth, I look at an area that I want to grow into. I find out then who that I know or who is in my community that's an expert around that topic. And I skate to the puck and talk to them. What do you read? You're great. I'm not as good at shooting free throws as I want to be. Who's the best free throw shooter on the planet? Whoever that might be. How are you doing it? What's your training technique, et cetera? Um, I have become more, uh, you know, as an example, I've become more aware of the impact on the earth, the animals, and myself of eating animal protein. So I'm really cutting that down right now. That's a, a journey that I'm on right now. Am I vegan? No. Uh, am I am I thinking more? You know, I ask myself the questions. Is the decision I'm about to make, is it kind to of the earth? Is it kind to of the animal? Is it kind to of my body? Right? Well, I don't know a lot about that. So what do I do? I buy books, food transformation, you know, eat whole, watch a ton of pot, you know, watch a bunch of stuff on Netflix, et cetera. I consume content around where the puck is going that I want to be. And um, I think it's that simple, right? It really is that simple. The key goes back to humility is assume you know nothing. The Buddhists have this concept called the Mushin mind. And what the motion mind is does not mean you're, it, it's an empty, they call it the empty mind. It's not that they're not capable or competent, but they're going to approach a problem without a preconceived notion and be better able to take in the information, process the information, learn from the community around that, and then apply what they know to it. So I think if we can take that kind of a mindset, approach everything with humility. You know, my problem was when I was young, I thought I was smart, Right. I'm no longer young, and I realized I wasn't smart. So I, there's so much that I don't know, which is why I read voraciously. You know, again, 15 minutes a day. If you read 15 minutes a day, I guarantee you, on average, you'll read at least one book a month. That's 12 books a year, right? Split the time. Seven minutes, seven and a half minutes of some skill improvement, asking better questions, et cetera. Seven and a half minutes of reading, read six books a year, work on this other skill. And in 15 minutes a day, you'll be a massively different person. But both of those, both of those ideas require humility. They require humility. So I'll probably say it one more time. Both of those require humility. And if we come into life humble, not knowing everything, showing up authentically, we have such an advantage of everybody else that it has to masquerade like they know everything. And they're living in a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And I tell you what, I think people that come to the world with humility, with gratitude, growth mindset, always get so much more done. And they seem to be happier. And I think hunting happiness is worth doing. First of all, I want to say that, Randy, I know in the beginning you said, hey, I'm not here to, I'm not, I may not provide much wisdom, but I'm telling you today, there's more wisdom in this to continue strong to finish off 2024. And we're still in the month of January, just applying these, these small principles. Uh, approach everything with humility and gratitude. 
seven and a half minutes a day on reading, seven and a half minutes a day on skill improvement with a growth mindset and just see the impact you're going to have on your personal life, the impact you're going to have at your organization, the impact you're going to have around the people, the people around you. That is going to be phenomenal. And I want to encourage our audience today, if you want to find out more about Randy or you want to find out more about what he does, I want to encourage you to go online. And LinkedIn has to be a, a platform that you get comfortable with if you want to learn more about what he does and his team and his community, his background. And you can just go on linkedin.com. You, you go to search Randy up and it's going to just be Rand. Randy is a, easy to find. And when you say something or comment, he's going to respond back, which I always found very helpful. No matter how big you get, always had that mindset of just being given and giving back to people. To find out more about his organization, I'm going to encourage you. If you are in an an organization where you're a manufacturing uh, company or maybe an IT services business, whatever it may be. And you got to find a way to have that competitive edge and you want to shave off some time. They have enough case studies to show enough clients that they've worked with to be able to shave off that 31% faster and 31% faster. If you know your numbers and here's the key, if you know your numbers, you know what 1% increment will do for your business. Do 31% and tell me, how much more profitable your business would be, how you can better allocate resources the right way, how you can give a better value back to your clients when you do the work for them by using Site Tracker. Try it out because I guarantee when you go through that process, you will be part of that storytelling that takes place. You're going to feel that inclusion. Remember to spend some time. Go back with Humilia, as Randy said. There are some books that he mentioned, and Dave and I will put that into the to the notes, and we'll let people know about these books because I think they're phenomenal. Uh, it's it's just a very phenomenal it influences your superpower. I love that one. Influences your superpower. How to get what you want without compromising who you are. That is phenomenal. Make sure you guys pick up that book. And at the end of the day, Dave and I want to encourage each of you. If you're traveling, no excuse. Audible book listen to our podcast, download it. It doesn't matter what it is. There's always room to grow and learn and do it with that stance of humility. Randy, thank you so very much for joining us today, for sharing your wisdom, your experience from being an entrepreneur to running multiple organizations as a VP of sales, even the work that you guys are doing. I sat tracker. And I know that if I'm a sales rep, I'd love to have you as my leader because every day is not about pointing out what I did wrong. It's about changing my frame of reference and how I think so I can get better. Thank you very much for joining Dave and I on the Twins Talk It Up podcast. We really appreciate having you on. Love it, man. Thank you for the invite. I've enjoyed the conversation. I'm so proud of the work that you guys do. So keep on keeping on and, uh, you know, just happy to show up. If anybody got one thing out of it, awesome. Uh, you know, mostly I don't teach from my, my wisdom or my intellect. I teach from my scar tissue. I have made every mistake on the yeah. planet and therefore can help you not make that same mistake. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSP Leadership and visit us online at dspleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.